one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode of the Force Center podcast feed is the Clone Wars Report. <laughs> I was hoping that the noise that would bring us into the Clone Wars report today would indeed be the hooting, as the uh, captions say, of the Trandosian hunters. <laughs> Is that say, oh, hooting? I got to tell you, I'm kidnapped, up, kidnapped like everybody. Hello, uh, I'm bad at Trandosian sounds. I got to tell you, Joseph, I'm going to dive in deep. That now is one of my favorite Star Wars sounds. 
It's an amazing, amazing sound. By the way, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. Anyway, uh, we're killing it at the intro today. We're just too excited. Uh, yeah, the yeah. the visual, too, of the Trandosians. Mm. Like, look, we are hunters. We are stalking the night. We're big and tall and imposing. But, hey, if we need to call for help, we got to go down on all fours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we got to honk like an evil goose lizard. <laughs> it, it really is. It's a lot of things. And it's so... Wonderfully different from just uh, any of their regular basic uh, uh, dialogue, you know, when they speak in basic and everything, and, or just even trend. I just love it. It just stood out every time. Love yeah. It. Now, every time I watch Empire Strikes Back, I'm going to imagine um, Boss yeah. getting nervous and calling for help and just suddenly like <laughs> Piet staring up at him and like, what the hell is he doing? Why is he on his knees screaming? <laughs> Lizards, we don't need their scum. <laughs> Anyway, we are very excited uh, to be discussing uh, this arc in the Clone Wars. We have got to the end of Season 3. It is two episodes we'll be discussing today. Season 3, Episode 21, Padawan Lost, written by Bonnie Mark and directed by Dave Filoni. Season 3, Episode 22, Wookiee Hunt, written by Bonnie Mark and once again directed by Dave Filoni. This is pretty great uh, that obviously uh, Filoni is creatively involved in the entire series, but this is one where he's stepping in and going, I'm directing this one, which uh, I think is really cool. Made for some extra insightful uh, behind-the-scenes videos. <laughs> yes. And I think uh, it's kind of telling with... Um, with the stories that are being advanced uh, in, in these episodes, I think. Yeah, no, great point. Yeah, and uh, you know, we always dive into the featurette, some great stuff in there, and sometimes it's just a clean, almost clean-shaven Dave just kind of being snarky and having Dave fun, but I loved his uh, kind of going into the backgrounds of this episode and wanting to have this lush, humid, jungle-like setting, and it was pretty fascinating, uh, and uh, I, I absolutely really respect his takes and what he does in Star Wars. Sometimes I, I have a little fun with uh, the cult of Dave, but uh, <laughs> I, I love kind of seeing his thoughts on the, the inner workings of that kind of stuff beyond just the big themes. Yeah, yeah, and that one featurette being just about uh, the the progress needed on a, the technological side to get that extra layer of depth yeah. on the uh, Trandoshan moon, uh, Waska, uh, to make it really feel uh, lived in and humid and in the middle of everything and, and to make the audience feel it. That was really, really cool to hear the journey that the creators go on, not just what the big ideas are, but just, uh, mm. you know, technologically, <laughs> yeah. you know, where are we at as the Clone Wars obviously progresses to the amazing uh, state of technology that we've got for Bad Batch. It's really cool to see the uh, the mileposts along the road. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of fun. All right, well, let's dive in. We got a summary, and then we're going to dive into our overall thoughts on this arc. Here's the summary, Ken. Tragedy on Felucia. While attacking a separatist outpost with Anakin Skywalker and Plo Koon, Jedi Padawan Ahsoka Tano is kidnapped by Lo Terran, a Trandosian hunter. Anakin is devastated and only reluctantly gives up the search for his missing Padawan. Ahsoka is brought to Waska, the forest moon of Trandosia. There she's released on an island to be hunted by the Trandosians, led by the vile Garnak. Uh, Ahsoka teams up with a group of Jedi younglings who have been trapped on the island for a very long time. The younglings encourage Ahsoka to hide with them, but she spurs them on to action. Together, Ahsoka and the younglings find the Trandoshan base, only to discover it is a ship, a floating hunting lodge in the sky. The Trandosians give chase, and after a daring battle, Garnak's son, Dar, is defeated and killed by Ahsoka. But Khalifa, the former leader of the younglings, is also shot dead. Sad. 
Ahsoka escapes and, despite her trauma, rallies the remaining younglings. They intercept the Trandoshan prison ship and free the sole prisoner, the mighty Wookiee Chewbacca. Using salvage tech from the now-crashed ship, Chewie builds a transmitter to call his home planet of Kashyyyk for help. Meanwhile, the Jedi younglings kidnap the Trandoshan smug (laughs) and use a Jedi mind trick to get smug to bring them to the Flying Fortress. Our heroes launch a valiant assault, but they are outnumbered and moments from death. When the Wookiees, led by Tarful, arrive, answering Chewbacca's call. Much roaring, growling, and throwing ensues. Ahsoka chases down Garnak in his throne room. She defeats the raging hunter and demands he stand down. But Garnak, desperate for revenge for the death of his son, reaches for his blaster, and Ahsoka force pushes him over the ledge to his doom. Returning to Coruscant, Anakin is relieved but blames himself for allowing Ahsoka to be kidnapped at all. Ahsoka tells Anakin it is because of his training and inspiration that she survived the ordeal. Master and Padawan are happy for now. Bum, bum, bum. There we go, Ken. That's the summary. Uh, let's dive into the big overall reactions here. Did you love this episode? Like it? Struggle with it? Uh, all, all of them. <laughs> to explain, no. Here, here's the journey. Uh, I we we've been talking about this the, season three, the second half of season three, season three overall. It's just a great season of Clone Wars. We're doing the chronological rewatch, which means we might pull from other seasons. Yes, but overall, season three just big arcs and big things. And so, I can't help even when I sat down to watch this. And uh, here in 2021, I was transported a little back in time to what uh, ten years ago uh, with these. Uh, I do enjoy these episodes, and there's big lessons, and they're a different set of episodes. But when you Hold them up against Night Sisters, uh, Citadel, Mortis. You're like, oh, it's okay. It's a dangerous game theme, and you know, homage, and we get some stuff here. Well, I don't, I don't know. It just feels less epic, right? Uh, and and I think that's just that's just what it is. But I really asked myself this question between viewings this week, Joseph. I said, why, why were these two episodes the season three finale? Yeah, uh, with Floney Drive, like what's going on? And that's that can be open to interpretation. You and I always say it's just us giving our kind of interpretations of things. Take any of it as as you will. It really struck me uh, from my point of view that these episodes are very much about Ahsoka, but very much about the Jedi at the time, at this time in the war, the good and the bad and where they're heading and, and the pitfalls ahead. This was very much about uh, uh, a Jedi with crushed hope, Jedi overwhelmed by the, their their situation and 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 how training and um, the cores of the Jedi code and just who they are or just who Ahsoka is represents. We always say Ahsoka kind of represents the Jedi as maybe they could be and not saying Ahsoka is this deity and an angel and always perfect, but just she ends up kind of sitting in a real good spot on, on how to be a Jedi, <laughs> I think. And so to use her as that, and you had talked about some of the previous episodes, um, checking in on Ahsoka on her journey. Right. And, yeah. and I just felt a lot of that through these episodes the second time around. And therefore uh, that, that like to struggle as to why these are here became a, a real love of what was going on. Oh, that's awesome. That is a great journey to go on. Um, yeah. I think I really love this arc um, in it. Fascinating that it falls at the end of season three here. Or doesn't fall. It was placed gently, yes. lovingly, <laughs> creatively. Um, yeah. But you're right. Like, Night Sisters, Mortis, th- these are kind of big, epic. Uh, wow, Tarkin, Citadel. Um, this is a shorter arc of two episodes. It's a little bit more intimate. But that, I think, really does disguise the huge importance to just the overall story of the Clone Wars animated series. Yeah. Um, I think, for me, season three is really where 
Clone Wars becomes the Clone Wars. I, there are a ton of episodes I love in the first season and the second season. It's not even a dig on them, but it's like really where it just kind of comes to life and exploring all these ideas and just yeah. being really experimental of like, yeah, there's there's no fear. Uh, there There's no, you know, should we do this? There's just like, let's try yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Um, so there's just that general mood to it. But I think the fact that it's a little bit smaller and a little bit more intimate, it, it really uh, puts the uh, Ahsoka under a microscope and through Ahsoka, as you're saying, the Jedi and Anakin in particular. Like mm-hmm. I, I think really the reason that it's there um, at the end of season three and in particular those final shots is uh, the Clone Wars kind of grows to be this anthology series that follows a lot of different uh, characters and a lot of different ideas. But I think the spine of it is uh, Ahsoka's growth and this test that Yoda lays out um, verbally, clearly (laughs) in the movie, that uh, it will be really good for Anakin to have an apprentice and that Yoda doesn't seem too concerned that Anakin will be a good teacher um, or that uh, Ahsoka will become a good Jedi. The real test is, is he going to be able to let go of someone he comes to care about? Mm. Um, and that this this is what this is about, right? We yeah. check in on with Anakin a little bit. He doesn't get a bunch of screen time, but every bit of screen time with Anakin is about that. Yeah. Is about can he let go of Ahsoka, or is she going to be uh, detrimental to him, or is he going to learn from this process? And yeah, everything about Ahsoka is she is is facing these uh, big questions that we'll get into about. Uh, has she adopted some of the flaws of Anakin <laughs> or uh, the strengths and what are her actual internal strengths all by herself, you know, away from Anakin and what a great way to test her, right. To just say, if we're following this young Jedi's uh, journey all by herself and also what it means for the Jedi, when we have this younger person with a slightly uh, uh, clearer vision while the rest of the Jedi are maybe making bad choices, what a great way to test her by isolating her. Right. Uh, yeah, in terms of just the writing of it, and, and, and yeah, oh yeah, uh, I love that, and and that's how again when you start, uh, I think I think Star Wars just rewards you when you really just you don't need a big shuffle, Joseph. You don't need a backhoe or a construction. You just need a, a little gardening shovel to dig and see what's there. And I, I I'm so excited sometimes when that stuff emerges. Uh, you can feel the excitement in my voice, and I think you're so right. Just uh, um, uh, the vibe right from the beginning. There's just some banter at the beginning that just sets the tone for uh, Ahsoka saying, "Hey, you taught me well." Yep. Yeah. It's just it's about Ahsoka's growth in Anakin's attachment, and it's a great place to leave season three. Um, and then there's like the the surface level sounds more uh, dismissive because the surface level adds to you know the flavor and all that. But I also just really enjoy these episodes um from uh the, the more just straightforward narrative what what is going on i remember watching them and at this point i was getting so excited and i was uh being irresponsible with the amount i was binging clone wars yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i was watching it on netflix uh on on in 2014 uh because i'd seen the night sisters uh arc with uh savage press and the fractured image of maul and i was like oh well he'll probably pop up next episode right <laughs> <laughs> so i sped watched all of these. And I remember feeling just gutted, just viscerally mm. upset for Anakin and like afraid for Ahsoka and pissed off for Ahsoka. I remember these episodes really, really getting me just on the absolute yeah. basic emotional. Uh, what is the narrative? What is happening to the character? Um, so that was really great to revisit that and remember like how deeply I was like, 
this is not okay. <laughs> um, and then also just uh, for me, a couple other big picture things I want to mention right at the top is, you know, the visuals are great um, with the, the new technology on the moon uh, does make all of it just feel kind of like alive and, and hot and uh, both uh, you're, you're immersed in nature and it's kind of beautiful, but it's also scary as hell. Yeah. Um, so the visuals are great because of the nature of this, it's a very different action. Uh, it's always great when we see, you know, Jedi deflecting blasts and blowing up uh, separatist ships and droids. Uh, but this, because it's Trandoshans, because it's Jedi without their lightsabers, all the action has this kind of different and surprising quality where they get into it and like, well, how are they going to get out of this one, you know? Yeah, yeah. Even to the, you know, it's so funny because it's been, it's been a few years, uh, like you, since I've probably watched them. And so I had this reaction of, just steal their blasters. Just steal their, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. They don't even, it doesn't work. work. Doesn't, doesn't work. work. Yeah. And uh, it is about uh, beyond, beyond just smashing that X button. You're right. Uh, about uh, finding the hope to smash that X button, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me also, just I've always been a big Bosque fan since I was a little yeah. kid. So I was excited to see the Trandosians. I honestly can't remember where I picked up the lore that was there in Legends that the Trandosians and the Wookiees had beef. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, maybe I read that the trilogy of the bounty hunter wars uh from legends uh back in the day maybe it was there i don't remember where i personally uh mm. picked it up but i remember thinking like well this is great because i've always kind of just known about this somehow magically yeah <laughs> and it was great to see a little bit of trandoshan and, and wookie conflict on screen it's the harlem globetrotters and washington generals of the star wars world <laughs> exactly yeah. the tall powerful guys they gotta fight <laughs> They got to fight. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the morals of the episode. Uh, two episodes. We've got two morals. The first episode gives us uh, this little life lesson. Without humility, courage is a dangerous game. And the second one is a great student is what the teacher hopes to be. Uh, do either of those speak to you or remind you of times where you coached Little League? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I saw that uh, moral. I was like, oh, yeah, my my weekly Clone Wars coaching update has, has been a while. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I, I want to I can't. And, and the great students, what a teacher hopes to be. There's some fascinating stuff um, uh, that we can discuss. And, and so that one didn't um, connect with me as much as without humility, courage is a dangerous game. Number one, great reference to kind of the you know, some of the um, source material we're, we're, we're owning here uh, in this episode. But I, I really just, this idea of the, the concept of courage, uh, we even just were talking about uh, the, and, and the Lego terrifying tales of, of, of fear and how uh, without fear there's no courage and these big kind of bumper sticker kind of philosophies. But I really looked at it about what does it mean to be humble as you are courageous? And, and, and it took to this, I went to the path of it could lead to this empathy, but also self-awareness and knowing that you're there to serve others first. That to me, again, to me, Ahsoka isn't just playing hero here, not Jedi hero. Um, she knows the fear of the situation, but is rising to the challenge for herself and those around her. True leader, true courage um, coming from this point of serving first versus uh, let's go kill them. Let's go. Uh, I don't care what you're, where you're at emotionally with us. We got to do it. Uh, ain't that brave. And then you all end up dead. I don't know. There's just something that, in, in that direction that I can connected with. 
Yeah, I think this is all really great, in- including the uh, the Dangerous Game shout-out, which, yeah, mm-hmm. the Star Wars pulls from all sorts of genres, and they're having so much fun in the Clone Wars, everything from, you know, witches to kaiju to really playing with different genres and putting them in a Star Wars interpretation. Uh, most Dangerous Game, looking it up on old Google, a story published in Collier's Magazine, January 19th, 1924, uh, many different uh, film and radio adaptations. Uh, about being uh, hunted. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. <Yeah. laughs> um, but I think the without humility, courage part of this is just it's such a great, just kind of straightforward Jedi teaching of like being uh, centered on why you are doing a thing mm-hmm. and making the thing, uh, being confident, right? Uh, yeah. Because you need to be. Um, do or do not, there is no try. Um, but also just making it not about yourself, right? Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, you know, gets framed with the Sokan Anakin of eh, it's great to be confident. It's great to use your skills. But sometimes is this slipping into being about your ego? Is this sometimes, you know, um, Plo Koon says being fearless can also be a weakness. Yeah. <laughs> if you just think I am the best, no problem. I'll just go out there and I'll kick ass. And I think what Ahsoka is going through is she isn't doing that. She's having some humility and going, OK, I'm, this isn't just about me. It's about other people. Yeah, yeah, and, and to dive in a little bit of just the, the fear thing and 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 how, you know, I don't know. It, 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 I always talk about this misinterpretation. I think of just that Yoda line from Phantom Menace of what fear leads to. I bring it up a lot because I think it's I've, I've seen evidence in my own life and even some people close to me of like um, not understand, you know, being little Anakin is not afraid of standing in front of the Jedi council. He has no fear. He has fear of losing his mother, which was the more dangerous fear. And I think by, that's why I talk about self-awareness and this humility and that Ahsoka is brave, but she understands, and she understands those around her where I think Anakin might've just been a, uh, you know, a a gun dark in a China shop here, just uh, trying to save the day, (laughs) which could have led to more problems. That's really, I love what Plo Koon was saying about, yeah, not having fears, it's uh, sometimes bad. (laughs) It's yeah, just, maybe means you have no concern for uh, yeah. the others around you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I guess. Yeah. I, I clearly, uh, you know, I'm, I'm drawn from my own life here, but uh, I, I kept going back to that scene with Plo Koon. Yeah, yeah. A lack of fear is, could maybe be apathy or ego or lots of things. Yeah. Uh, I really like the great student is what the teacher hopes to be as well, um, because that obviously centers things on uh, Anakin a little bit. Um and also, you know, uh, uh, that, that kind of circle of Ahsoka sort of becoming the master of these other younglings and, you know, her learning from them as well, all that. And it, it's a it's an idea that then uh, really gets restated in a different way by Yoda in The Last Jedi. So it's always fun to see some of these yeah. ideas in Star Wars uh, crop up and, and be phrased in different ways that maybe have a, a different uh, um, interpretations or implications, but are clearly related, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we've been talking already about some of the big ideas in these episodes because it's hard to stay away from them. They're so exciting. But let's dive all the way in. Uh, What for you were some of the uh, big themes or just ideas at stake in these episodes? A lot there. Uh, When you and I are talking about themes in the Clone Wars, it's like when you mix uh, your green beans uh, with your mashed potatoes and turkey on on Thanksgiving. It's all one (laughs) wonderful plate to eat. Um, so here's where I went, uh, uh, in, in all three episodes, I wrote down these kind of, uh, topic sentences and, and it, what ideas are at stake to me also, what's at stake could just very well be your life. Your existence. <laughs> um, yes. 
the first not one, dying is yeah, at stake. Not, not dying, staying alive while you're being hunted by uh, Trandoshans. Uh, a loss of hope and how to regain your purpose is, is really particularly what I loved about the first episode. Uh, it's it's it kind of affected me to find these three Jedi, uh, young Jedi's, uh, younglings, uh, maybe not even. If I recall, didn't even have the chance to be Padawans. Did I, I maybe miss? I believe they could call themselves younglings. Younglings, right? Uh, and how they were just kind of left. And, and you know, I, I have some questions about, you know, is that the, is that the name of the game? This is hyper realized, you know, hyper uh, 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 big big theme here for the show. But like, I almost wouldn't mind Anakin given a little search for Ahsoka. Like Joseph, if you if you if I go missing at Star Wars Celebration, it's okay to go look for me for a little bit. <laughs> No, I, I need to let go. <laughs> I've trained him as a podcaster. He'll be back. Um, so I felt, I felt bad. All that to say, uh, I stumbled to my point. I, I feel real bad for these three younglings. Real bad. And the other ones that have come before. Uh, and I get their loss of hope. Uh, and how hard it is at that point to regain your purpose when you're so far away from what you thought where you should be or just being overwhelmed by the situation where I think the Jedi are slowly but surely being overwhelmed by their own situation and how to refine your, your hope. Uh, it is a balance of confidence in your own abilities while also maintaining uh, uh, awareness and, and care, not going into the, the, the cocky, which could cause you more, uh, lose your footing even more. Anyways, all that to say, I just, that really, when you're down and out, how do you get back up is big for me. Yeah, yeah, I really, uh, really agree with that. I think there's these kind of uh, these ideas from the Anakin side of it, and these ideas from yep. the Ahsoka side of it. That is, they're definitely hope versus fear. Big Star Wars um, ideas, kind of explicitly stated in these episodes of the younglings having understandable fear and uh, losing all hope to to push back against that fear. Yeah. Uh, but there's also a little bit of, uh, to what you're saying about Anakin of this sort of constant jedi uh discussion in star wars of when to act versus when to wait when to be patient right yeah and yeah you really feel for these younglings you you really feel for ahsoka uh, i super felt for the very first time i watched these episodes like i was saying uh, i kind of interpret it is you know anakin is determined to go after ahsoka rather than accept that he needs to wait because yeah. you know rex does you know these multiple sweeps you know we the audience know She's gone and know that they don't have any clues as to where she went. The Trandoshans, you know, covered uh, their tracks, uh, probably literally. And we got that scene where Anakin like yells at Rex, which he doesn't do. Right. <laughs> like Rex, Rex cares about her, too. And he's like, I've I checked three times. We can't find anything. He's like, not good enough. Go again. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it isn't that he doesn't look. And, and this is a little bit of headcanon for me. But when Plo Koon's like, yeah, but we got to go. I kind of feel like there's this. This is the Jedi way that we have other things to do. We're in the middle of a war, you know? <laughs> I, I actually really agree with you on that moment. I, it's, it's you know, you're choosing what dialogue to put on screen. It was very, this is, this is Plo Koon. This is Lil Soka's guy. Like, you know, he, 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 he has a lot of uh, love, care, and concern for her. Uh, for him to just be like, there's a bigger thing at stake and you're going to have to let this go. It's just a, a great parable for all of us at one point in our lives, I guess. Yeah, and I think what, you know, th these are those plot points where the Jedi always risk coming across uh, cold, right? Yes. Uh, but I think that's why those details are important. Is he does look, and, and Plo Koon isn't saying, just accept she's dead. <laughs> yeah. And that is a Jedi philosophy. If they knew they were dead, if they knew she was dead, they would say, right. just accept that. But I think that's why it's kind of this when to act versus when to wait. Because what Plo Koon is trying to say to Anakin of is, you have responsibilities 
you need to let this go now and not be ruled by your fear. And you need to have some hope, Anakin, and sit with your hope and wait, right? Plo Koon's actual quote is, if you have trained her well, uh, she shall take care of herself and find a way back to you. You know, that isn't just cold. That is having hope and confidence in the next generation, which is this whole Jedi system, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're right there. It's, it's, it's a fine point. It's right there. Uh, and I, and I agree. And again, this is what fear could lead to. Anakin is not a, you know, he's not a fearful guy with the, the big en- enemies in front of him, And that's always been established, but this is those little micro fears that I think, uh, yeah, you could just mess up that, uh, that China shop a little bit better. All the, all the antique dishes all smashed all on the ground. If you're not careful. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that I feel like that's going on with Anakin. It's hope, it's fear, it's uh, when to act, when to wait. And then, of course, it's just explicitly what's going on with the younglings, that they're doing nothing but waiting, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think Cleefa uh, says, we're not saviors here, we're survivors. Um, and convinces Ahsoka for a little while to do nothing, right? It's really mm-hmm. affecting when Ahsoka's like, well, of course we should save these other people that uh, were kidnapped with me. And just watches them get shot down without taking action. Like that's, that's huge and, and painful for, you know, uh, spring into action Ahsoka. Um, and I really like this quote from Khalifa also kind of justifying that, uh, look, we've been on this moon for a while. We know how to survive. And she says to her, uh, Khalifa says to Ahsoka, if you are really, if you really are a Padawan, you would know there's wisdom in experience, which that really stuck with me because it is a callback to Rex in Ahsoka's like first conversation yeah. in the Clone Wars movie where uh, where Rex makes the argument that wisdom, you know, outranks everything. Uh, so you see that Ahsoka is like, okay, I appreciate that wisdom. I will try to listen and learn. And then you know, I would say that's like some of the humility, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then once she sees like, oh no, you, you, you younglings have just, you've lost all of your hope. Yeah. Which is understandable, but not acceptable. <laughs> yeah. You know, so then, you know, all of Ahsoka's dialogue is just like, it's another good like brochure on how to be a Jedi, right? <laughs> we have to act. We were beginning to lose hope and forgot who we are, Khalifa says. And who are you, Ahsoka answers. And Khalifa says, we are Jedi. Yeah. And for me, that's really like, uh, it gets back to like Jedi as symbols like obviously their power makes a difference they can make a difference with their physical power uh but jedi are supposed to be symbols of light and hope and if a jedi gives up light and hope you know they're not a jedi anymore um so i I just yeah i I really thought the the crystal clear they have given in to fear they're doing nothing uh because their experience has taught them it's really scary to do anything yeah (laughs) uh and ahsoka spurs them back to hope yeah, well, yeah, w- uh, wonderfully stated. You have kind of this uh, uh, one side of the coin kind of thing going on here with uh, Anakin <laughs> too much ready to, to charge ahead and and then uh, the absolute, absolute loss of, of hope. And and there again, Ahsoka representing, um, you know, and I, I don't mean to put this pressure on Ahsoka as the the poster child for all of the Jedi uh, over thousands of years. I just, I, I really love uh, the lessons. It's very clear the lessons she learns and what she applies uh, are uh, mean mean a lot for the Jedi Order, at least from, from my point of view there. Yeah, and I think that for me, that is the story of Ahsoka is that she isn't like um, this absolute amazing best Jedi ever. It's not a drop down menu power thing, most powerful ever, most smart ever. It's in this era where the Jedi are slipping and not following some of their own teaching and Ahsoka keeps going like, but wait, (laughs) yeah, 
the stuff you taught me makes sense. So I'm going to actually do that instead of so many of you who are slipping from it. Yeah, a part of it uh, in the second episode, I, I apologize. I think up top of this conversation, I might have actually said three episodes. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of Clone Wars episodes. Uh, in the second <laughs> one, just, uh, yeah, I wrote down this idea of retaining yourself through suffering and adversity, which is all, is hard and which is, is part of what we, we see going on here. And that's why I really started to apply it to the, the bigger picture, which we'll talk about of uh, the Jedi overall. Um, and I love what you said there of, of her just kind of going, Hey, it's, it's, it's in the training, not even the books. It's in, it's in the training. It's in who we are. That's the answer. And we're in this tough era. Cause I, I also noted like this episode starts with some, some of the most uh, clear generaling by the Jedi's yes. going here, here, there, we're in this war. Let's do it. We're leading it. I mean, it's they're generals um, and commanders. So uh, to see that episode start this way, but her just kind of finding her way through that and, and a lot of suffering, a lot of adversity, a lot of questions, a lot of confused, confusing uh, times. Um, and how do you retain who you are through that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, what makes the this uh, idea powerful in these episodes is the younglings, it's totally understandable that Khalifa's line of yeah, there's wisdom and experience. That one just like kind of haunted me because like mm. <laughs> there's some stuff that I have to do that like, uh, it stresses me to do because I have the wisdom to know all the different ways it could go wrong. Right. <laughs> so it makes me want to not try it. Whereas when I was younger, like I would just rush in because I didn't know that could blow up in your face these seven different ways. <laughs> and this, like this episode was inspiring to go like, yeah, don't, don't be like the younglings. <laughs> you gotta find a way forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Yeah. I know what you mean. I'm going to tweet about Game of Thrones on Twitter. That seems like a great idea. Five years later. Oh, I know what that can do. <laughs> but does that mean you should stop? Because maybe Twitter needs your light, your hope, Ken. Uh, we hope. Uh, yeah. So moving on then um, from that big theme uh, to what you were just speaking to. I think there is this great arc uh, through these episodes about vengeance versus justice, which mm -hmm. is once again about, you know, just Jedi kind of finding their footing. Um, I think that was really uh, idea was really benefited by this great atmosphere that the team managed to create of this kind of hot, sticky yeah. <laughs> jungle. It's just it's it's feral. It feels like a killer be killed. Laws of the wild, you know, mm -hmm. not not any tech in sight kind of stuff. Um, and then of course it it just gets played out uh, directly where once Ahsoka gets the younglings to actually use their power and have some hope again, the first thing uh, Khalifa does is almost snap the Ocean's neck with the Force. Yeah, this is a great theme, uh, Joseph. This is great because, you know, in that moment, I'm like, do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Don't retain yourself. Do it. Survive. Good. 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 <laughs> Kill him. And uh, there's the point. There's the point. Uh, uh, yeah, they have to survive. There's some deaths maybe, uh, but not a lot of it, particularly with Ahsoka at the end, it is is uh, not uh, intentional. Like you said, vengeance versus justice. That's a big theme. Yeah, yeah. And I love that, that again, Ahsoka just being the good old Jedi handbook brochure, don't kill him out of hatred. It's not the Jedi way, which is just so important uh, uh, to the way I look at Star Wars and the Jedi philosophy. And we talk about it. I, I go on about how you, your actions are important, but actually, you know, why you take those actions matters to the Jedi, too. That's their philosophy of like, and we see this in action of like, hey, uh, we've stopped him. He's not a threat to us. You can't just kill him because you are mad. Mm -hmm. Um but if it's me or him and he won't back down, I'll kill him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's harsh, but it is the Jedi way. 
And it's a fine line. It's in, in, in real life and Star Wars life, whatever. It's a fine line. And I think it needs to be a fine line. It should be a fine line that you need to ruminate on, study, think, analyze. And that's why I love these type of episodes. It's this big question. I, I can't wait to you and I discuss Out of the Shadows. We're finally reading that wonderful High Republic book. And there's just some wonderful things of we're, what's is offensive better for protecting or is it defensive? We just got to wait. Like, what do we do? And, and it's a fine line. A fine line, yeah, and I love that this episode is is kind of crisp on it, right? We've mm-hmm. seen Anakin lash out in absolute anger, uh, even in the Clone Wars uh, animated series, and there's that, ooh, will Ahsoka pick that up? And she's like, so clear immediately, like, no, don't snap that guy's neck. But then by the time we get to the end of uh, the the arc, that second episode, you know, Garnak, the, uh, the Trandoshan leader, is upset because uh, Dar got himself killed yeah. while trying to kill Ahsoka, right? Ahsoka doesn't even do it. He just, he falls and he spears himself on something on the ground, right? So yeah. Ahsoka didn't even actively take his life, uh, but Garnet can't let revenge go. And even after Ahsoka has clearly defeated him, he starts, uh, you know, reaching for the blaster and Ahsoka says, don't, you know? And, yeah. and she says, your son died because of your own actions, not mine. And those are those moments where Ahsoka is really powerful of like, I, I'm not like Anakin. I'm not, I'm not going to force push you because I'm mad that you kidnapped me and put me through hell. Right. Uh, I am saying every, you kidnapped me, dude, (laughs) you hunted me and now I'm fighting back and I'm in still, I still want to take you alive. Please don't reach for your blaster. Please don't. And only after all of those steps of, you know, uh, uh, options, does Ahsoka give him the big push. Love it. And it, it's, and again, when you, when you pull out that little tiny garden shovel, it's all right there. You don't dig too deep. It's all right there in the dialogue and the action. And, and I love it. Cause it's, it's a, it's an ongoing question for me personally. If, uh, you know, uh, if I was Anakin, I might've, uh, I, I might've taken down that Tuscan Raider village too. And, and, and I'm not proud about that. You know, you have to ask that. And that's part of the fun of star Wars and analyzing star Wars for me. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of what is the philosophy of these yeah. heroes. And for me, I think this one was really powerful because it was about vengeance uh, mm-hmm. versus justice, you know, uh, attack versus uh, defense and really clearly played out in these building blocks of why Ahsoka feels so centered and like she is finding the Jedi path for herself. Yeah. Um, last big thing for me is this idea of, you know, coming of age and and letting go in this sort of cycle of uh, teacher mm-hmm. and student, you know. Yep. Um, I love how many of Anakin's quotes are just sort of like exactly on the nose of his problems, right? Yeah. Of uh, Anakin saying, I will not leave her fate up to others that need to control that, you know, promise he makes uh, kind of to himself in the uh, garage on the Lars homestead about, you know, he won't let this happen again, you know. He won't let anybody he cares about die. That he, it's, he can control it all, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, Anakin is, says, I'll find her. And Plo Koon even says, well, this may not be within your power. <laughs> yeah. Really trying to get to these core issues of Anakin's inability to let go, right? Uh, and say, I have to accept that there's some things I can't control. And Anakin's like, no, if it's broken, I can fix it. I can yeah. even prefix it. I can make it so things never break. <laughs> and yeah. and how unhealthy that is. Yeah, I wrote down that line too because it's just, it's so Anakin going, I have a wrench for everything. 
uh, I, I can fix it. And I, and when I can't, it really it frustrates me. And uh, I love that. Uh, that's all through. That's all through Anakin's life uh, for the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm right there with you on this idea. I put down the idea of like listening to those around you and Ahsoka it, it inspires them, but at the end kind of has to trust them and their plan, right? They're kind of pitching her a plan and she has maybe some thoughts and Chewie's there. Uh, we haven't even talked about Chewbacca showing up. Uh, the theme is Chewbacca is a survivor. He's always captured. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's always captured and he he gets out, right? I yeah. think he's he gives this little burst of hope too, right? Because he yeah. comes in, you know, they've suffered this tragedy of losing Khalifa. And you, you almost wonder if the episode is going to go somewhere where Ahsoka feels like, ooh, I pushed too hard and Khalifa died. And like, no, you got to fight, right? Yeah. And then Chewie comes in and is like, you know, throw those Trandoshans around, uh, build a transmitter. What are we waiting for? Let's go. <laughs> he's, you know, he's this burst of hope to keep him going. He is. And, and how, uh, you know, I, you know, I think it connects to what you're saying here. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, just, I, I thought it was a genera- it was a generational shift within this episode for Ahsoka going, hi, we can do it. We can do it. Okay. You got it. Let's do it. I trust that you are in the right place with me and we're going to move forward and we're going to take action, the, the action that we need to. Uh, and now that kind of connected to, to what was going on with Anakin and what is going on with the Jedi and Anakin overall. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like all of the Clone Wars animated series is a is a coming of age story for Ahsoka. I feel like yeah. these younglings really kind of come of age where they decide for themselves. Like there's the um, quote, I think, from Omer, uh, Ahsoka, you got us to believe in ourselves again. And well, I believe in Jinx's plan. I believe Jinx's plan will work. Like they're making plans now. They're taking yeah. the reins, right? So they are kind of right. um, coming of age. Uh, there's also a coming of age thing going on, a uh, horrible, dark coming of age thing going on with uh, Garnak. Where Garnak is, it's not just like a random, like, hey, Gar was my best friend. <laughs> like, yeah. Garnak is encouraging his son to enter the world by doing this rite of passage of viciously hunting other sentient creatures, right? Uh, so there's a little, there's a dark coming of age going on there and it doesn't work out well for Dar or Garnak. Look, this is why I really am fascinated by uh, Skier, the Trandosian Jedi in the High Republic, because I, you know, got to be careful. With, uh, you know, I, I, you love Bosk. I, I love uh, Bosk as well. But man, th- that's a harsh upbringing. <laughs> it is a yeah, a difficult culture to grow yeah. up in. Yeah, they have some thoughts. They have some thoughts. Yeah, yeah, um, it, yeah. E- even with the, I was thinking about this of like, there's this cycle of master and student and coming of age, and when do you let go uh, as a as a master as the older person. Um, and how much the Trandoshans, well, like what they're doing is the complete opposite of letting go of <laughs> yeah. random people in the galaxy belong to us. They're ours to hunt. And uh, once we uh, have them, uh, we'll actually keep parts of their bodies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the total opposite of letting go. Yeah. Including some crystal skull aliens. <laughs> that is great. Um, and last big point for me is obviously the, uh, the conclusion of this episode. Where, you know, Ahsoka is still the Padawan. She still has stuff uh, to learn from Anakin. But how much this is the student teaching the master, right? Uh, Of uh, Anakin saying, I'm so sorry for letting you go, for letting you get taken. He's literally apologizing for the thing that he needs to learn how to do. Yeah. (laughs) He's so not learning his lesson, right? And then uh, Ahsoka really trying to reassure him with the... uh, when I was out there alone, all I had was your training and the lessons you taught me. And because of you, I did survive. And again, it's like it's basically like Anakin not knowing how to be a mentor, a master, and not knowing that letting go mm. is a part of the process. And Ahsoka like teaching him how the cycle works. Of like, no, <laughs> you taught me. You, you you were there with me. 
because you passed all these things on to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, just pretty plain and powerful, I thought. Yeah, great stuff. Um, any other uh, big ideas in this episode before we move on to kind of how they reflect the larger story of Star Wars? No, I, I, I've got the gravy going into the corn at this point. It's all there. So. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's uh, let's get into the corn then. Um, for me, I, I really like looking at what do the individual arcs of Clone Wars kind of say about the state of the war? I love that the, the newsreel opening makes it clear that they are just grinding on Felucia, right? It, yeah. This isn't a big take it or leave it. It's just a push and pull, a back and forth. Felucia's important because it's near a hyperspace lane. Again, just kind of really reminding you that this is just they're just fighting over kind of like basic you know, resources and access to this stuff. It's just a grind at this point. Yeah. And for me, what, what you were talking about uh, earlier in our conversation about like feeling bad for those younglings, this is total headcanon. There's nothing in the episode to suggest this. But for me, I wonder, is, is this some more fallout of the war that mm-hmm. uh, these younglings were out on, you know, uh, uh, in some sort of exploratory mission and they got taken? And would they normally have been looked for much more if it wasn't in the middle of the Jedi being generals in an endless war? I'll, I'll, I'll back you on that headcanon. I'll be in that daydream. It, it, it makes sense. It maybe just makes you feel a little better about their plight. Uh, and by the way, it hurt when Ahsoka's like, oh, great. Where are those other ones? Oh, they're dead. Oh, <laughs> just <laughs> like, oh man, just sucks. Cause uh, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're, I think, I, I think you're right. A little bit, a little bit there. I, I think I can go with this idea of just like that is uh, these uh, unintended consequences, unintended consequences of being generals at the, at the, at the front of a war. Uh, and, and this is some of the casualties, the ones you don't even see. Uh, and maybe they thought they were dead. Maybe that, you know, this, and they don't have the resources. They don't have the time. And I don't justice for the Jedi, you know, I get it. Um, but it's, uh, it's what's there. Yeah. Well, I, I guess it, it is kind of explicitly there in how Ahsoka herself get, gets kidnapped or these trans oceans yeah. like uh these idiots are fighting on <laughs> felucia <laughs> like if anakin and ahsoka were just walking around felucia together you know uh mm-hmm. helping you know some people you know uh get water from point a to point b that it would be much harder for the trans oceans to get to sneak up and, and take it it's the chaos of the war that allows them to take ahsoka right yeah uh yeah there you go i agree with that a lot uh, cool. So what uh, big picture ideas, morality, perspective of Star Wars are you feeling in these episodes? I, I still want to hit this idea, scratch this itch I have of just this, the Jedi overall and seeing this f- for them and, and perhaps, uh, again, the unintended consequences. But we, we you know, get a lot of stuff in Attack of the Clones of this uh, younger Je- Jedi. And by the way, it's not just the younger Jedi, right? Because uh, we got just this um, loss of perhaps self a little bit loss of their true purpose and when i say loss it's not like they're they're arrogantly tossing aside the jedi codes it's just it is it's it's the it's the it's the treachery the skills that the, the palpatine at his best just just finding these little cracks to put all the jedi in these morally compromising positions and it becomes very overwhelming you talk about this grind at the beginning it is just yet another battle and it's yet another struggle and yet more loss of life for the clones and in some cases the jedi and that can be completely overwhelming and if this is our end our season three finale of just wanting to analyze that and what's to come with the jedi and the fall of the jedi uh i i i just go i go back to that a lot when watching these episodes again full full general mode you take your troops here. I'll go here. We're fighting a war. Pew, pew, pew. And what that really means for the Jedi and, and how it kind of ends up with a loss of hope. And how could the Jedi have retained themselves 
and retain their identity through all that uh, adversity is what uh, draws me into this episode, episode even deeper. Yeah, no, and I love how much the Clone Wars invites those discussions and those thoughts. And and for me, I think, you know, uh, Palpatine says, you know, that the arrogance is the Jedi's weakness. Yoda says <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot more Jedi are becoming arrogant. And I think a part of the arrogance is that, well, we're Jedi. Um, we'll end this war quickly and mm-hmm. then we'll find out uh, who's behind it. Uh, it's taken a little while, but just patience. And they kind of have this arrogance that they can do it because they're Jedi, right? Yeah. Uh, um. And the, I think then they just get locked into it. And, uh, you know, in some ways, I think it, the, the, it's weird to say they're not taking action because they're taking a lot of action. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. They're in a war, but it's almost more like they're not willing to take a step back and go, we've stepped down this path the wrong way. We are stepping back from leading this war and we will only we, we will do only aid. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, but they're trapped. I mean, Palpatine does a great job too, because then you think about it that way, and they're like, okay, but then uh, oh. how many planets that that we've promised that will protect will be overrun? You know, mm-hmm. will the clones be slaughtered? So, uh, I mean, he does he does have them in this great sort of moral quandary. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the the lesson ultimately would have been, yeah, they would have they would have benefited from stepping back once they once it was clear it was a grind. Yeah, I mean, somewhere Qui Gon's in the force going, you know, I can't fight a war for you. <laughs> right when I said that, right? remember when May said it at the beginning of the movie, Attack yeah. of the Clones? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. The, yeah. So I think it, it is about that arrogance of like, well, we can we we can bend our rules because we it's defense, right? Because the separatists are attacking us. It's a it's a fallen Jedi in Dooku who's leading it. It's probably this other you know Sith that we're still looking for out there. So we'll we'll defend the Republic. And it, you know, and it yeah. slipped so far so quickly. Yeah. And I just saw, I just, for me, again, saw just a lot of it in the, a lot of the campfire scenes uh, of them just sitting around and, and her even at the end, uh, you know, when the hope maybe returns of who are you? We are Jedi. Like uh, those, those are kind of those soul searching questions. And I just saw a lot of that there and how it tied into the big, uh, big picture. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, but I was really affected. Like this almost had this sort of like a little checklist of uh, checking in on Ahsoka and Anakin in terms of which traits do they share, right? We have an explicit mm-hmm. conversation with Plo Koon of like, well, you know, what gives Ahsoka her strength? And, you know, Anakin throws out that she's fearless, that she's determined. And Plo Koon points out that they share those, um, mm-hmm. those things and that maybe, maybe uh, flawless isn't great. Um, but I think that we, we do get to see, that she's kind of cocky, even at the very beginning in the Felucia mission, uh, Anakin warns her not to be cocky. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so we, we see that she is cocky like Anakin. We see that she is fearless, which can be a strength and a weakness. But then once she gets really into it on the moon, we see that she is compassionate. It's even why she gets taken, right? Because she senses something in yeah. the the woods or, or the plants, uh, giant flowers, and stays there to guard her clones back, right? So even that's compassionate. Yeah. Uh, so we see that she's compassionate like Anakin. We know that she's a uh, proactive, that she is really not content to just kind of sit and wait. She wants to make a difference. Um, and then repeatedly just, she acts in defense and protection. So, uh, this, it, it, it encourages us to ask what are Ahsoka's strengths? What are her weaknesses? Does she share them with Anakin? And for me watching it the way we are, it's extra powerful coming just a few episodes after she had that vision of her future self on Morta saying, you share some dangerous traits with your master and you'll never become the Jedi you're meant to be if you don't leave him. Mm. So the fact that her future self vision raised these questions that then, you know, two arcs later, 
uh, we are uh, wrestling with those questions and kind of answering them. Yeah, and picking apart what uh, what is good and what is bad about the the the, the person she's uh, been mentored by. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, final thing for me is I just I so love the way this ends. Uh, the literal, actual last scenes. Mm. Um, the the happiness from Anakin that he didn't lose somebody he he loves. Uh, the validation from Ahsoka that you, like you are a good teacher and you're doing well by me. Um, Ahsoka being happy with her master and ha- like such a beautiful, you know, bittersweet knowing what's coming eventually moment where they, they bow to each other and, you know, thank you, master. You're welcome. You know, it's so nice. But the, the button that I love is you got this weird reveal of uh, somebody peeks around the corner and it's Yoda <laughs> and it's Yoda watching them. And that to me is a direct callback to the Clone Wars movie where Yoda explicitly says to Obi-Wan of like, will will giving Anakin a Padawan help him? Will learning to let go of a Padawan help Anakin? And it's like Yoda checking in on the central question of the show. Yeah, uh, and 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 hear what you're uh, uh, getting into here. And I, I'm immediately going to some of the uh, big things with Padme and Anakin and, and Revenge of the Sith and how that ends. Like you said, bittersweet indeed, and just maybe bitter uh, of seeing Anakin was able to not put it uh, this this uh, bad attachment in front of his his actions, and and look what happens. You know, she returns. Ahsoka returns. Uh, the relationship goes on, uh, uh, and how he was just so not able to do it with Padme to this tragic ending. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it, the, the, the sun the, the, the sun is setting, and, and, and the episode fades away, and you're like, Anakin, you, you, this is, pay attention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. You know, and you can feel it. You, you feel for Anakin of this person who's lost, he lost his mom, uh, never had a dad, had had a Qui-Gon dad for like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> wants Obi-Wan to be his dad, but Obi-Wan kind of wants to be his brother. Kind of has his father figure um, for from Sidious, and he just, he wants to be reassured that that people care about him, right? And, and there's that uh, that power in that that Plo Koon says, she will come back to you, right? He doesn't say she will return safely to the Jedi. Mm-hmm. She will come back to you. And, and I think for for us as viewers, that's got more emotional weight when you think of Anakin's trauma. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, well, any other thoughts before we take our quick break? No, no, we can, we can end on uh, Yoda's smile as we go to a break. <laughs> Just like season three ended, we will take our break with Yoda's smile. We'll be back in a moment. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we are back to finish our discussion of the final arc of season three of Clone Wars. Uh, the arc I think of is Ahsoka Come Home. Uh, <laughs> It makes me sad, but I'm glad that Ahsoka came home. Uh, let's talk about some of our favorite moments, Ken. There's a lot of action in these two episodes. What were some of your favorite action moments? Uh, I'll start it right towards the beginning. Uh, it's funny because if you're just watching this episode for the first time, you're like, wow, we're going to get a big battle of Felucia. And it's like, no, nah, it's just this little prologue to what we're going to get here. <laughs> but in there, there's some great action. And just uh, what it's worth. Anakin slicing that strategy droid in half. I thought it was just, uh, it popped for me. Just <laughs> Yeah, those strategy droids are a pain in the ass, and you could feel that in uh, in Anakin's uh, slash. Uh, I, in that first battle, I loved when Plo Koon says, follow me, and then just jumps insanely high in the air, and then there's a beat where you're going to think like the clones are maybe like, what is he talking about? And then they jetpack off. Love that. It's so great. It's just so cool. Um, 
Yeah, and then uh, once we get into the moon, um, mm. Ahsoka's a big fight with uh, Dar. You know, I really like that force move she uses a lot throughout these episodes, uh, but you see it here first where uh, she swipes the blaster to the yep. left and the right. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's just such a quick, powerful, nope, you shoot over there, you shoot over there. I yeah. love it. And what, Yeah, big same for me because it's one of those uh, skills I'm like, I, you tell more people to do that. That seems to be very effective. Do that, do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just, it's great to take the blaster, but you can also just have them shoot yeah. <laughs> willy-nilly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not entirely safe, now that I hear myself say that. But uh, <laughs> Other uh, other moments for you? Um, uh, I do love the design, which is based off an old G.I. Joe, actually, Cobra vehicle, the hover pods. That's the, what the uh, Trend Ocean little uh, hover pods are designed yeah. for. Would, would wonderful deep cut. Uh, somewhere Pablo Hidalgo is is happy, uh, uh, but I love the designs. And then the Gatlin guns, uh, it's just it's a it's a real uh, interesting uh, violent weapon. Uh, yes, I, I said violent weapon, but uh, I just love every time they're they're used. Uh, it's aggressive. It's it's uh, it's overwhelming when they're firing. So I just love the use of them and just kind of the visual of it. Okay, yeah, just so you were into it when the hover pods were blasting away. Yeah, just it's, it's scary. It's frightening. It's 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 uh, really it's, scary. You can see why the younglings would lose hope. Yeah, you know when I say a violent weapon, it's just you know it's not an elegant lightsaber. It is just this boom, all encompassing laser blast just firing at you from one source, and it's a lot. Yeah, no, it, it's absolutely great. Um, uh, in the second episode, uh, once uh, the the younglings are really fighting and they're trying to take uh, the ship. Um, I love that moment where uh, the Trandoshan's running at Jinx, and Jinx uses the force to throw his other youngling friend, Omer, into the Trandoshan. Yes. And only really kind of halfway through the force push is Omer like, oh, you're right, kick him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> at first, he's just flying. He's yeah. just a ragdoll. Yeah. Sometimes falling feels like flying for a little while. I loved that. Yeah, there was a lot. And they had some, Omer and Jinx had some wonderful just flying kicks all through this second episode. All a through lot of great yeah. flying kicks. Yeah. Um, there's also a lot of great beats in that the Wookiee fight, right? But when they first get to uh, the flying hunting lodge, and Chewie just chucks the one Trandoshan over the edge, yeah, yes. that's so satisfying. Uh, you know how much I love it when uh, people fall from high places. <laughs> <laughs> well, then the Clone Wars is for you. It really is. And it's even better when a lovable Wookiee throws someone from a high place. So yes. I love that. <laughs> Yes, it is. Uh, one of the other ones uh, I love is uh, Ahsoka. She force pushes the Trandoshan pilot through the window. Just oh, yeah. Love that. Oh, yeah. That is it. no messing around. Yeah, um, yeah I think for me, uh, um, final uh, action beat is uh, I like, I really like Ahsoka and Garnak's fight. It's, you know, really intense mm -hmm. and it really it feels like it's, you know, kind of for, for all the marbles kind of thing. Um, but I like that one moment where Garnak, uh, uh, leans over and digs his claws into the ground to resist being force pushed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's real scary. Uh, yeah. Final couple of moments for me. Uh, the, the, the crash of the transport was actually pretty cool. I'm not in the market for collecting favorite crash moments in star Wars, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it also speaks to, uh, I think the quality and animation just already starting to improve leaps and bound over some of the stuff uh, in the, in the uh, early seasons. You know what I mean? It just was, the sounds, the breaking apart of the ship, the detail, the same kind of detail they're starting to put into the backgrounds they're really putting in the ships, I thought. And I, and I just uh, I was pulled into that moment, which led into the emergence of Chewie, just one of his first early action moments of standing tall, howling, and then just an uppercut punch. Like, I want that Chewie figure. 
Oh yeah, yeah, that hero moment where he stops. Uh, I believe it's Smug uh, from their their knife hand going down and just grabs it and like yeah, yeah, big hero moment for Chewie. In uh, greed, the uh, the crash looks great, and because it looks great, you feel it even more. Yeah, totally. Uh, let's talk about moments of comedy, whimsy, weirdness. Uh, there's a lot of fun and weirdness in these episodes. What grabbed you? Well, it's funny. I actually put in that follow me plow moment because it is it's it's totally <laughs> can go any direction. It's a great action moment. But just the clones, the beat to me is like, uh, here we go again. But we can do it. Uh, so I love that there. Um, there was a great moment. Um, where you know the convors here, the 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 convies are floating around those two, and then eventually three, right? Uh, and Khalifa and and Ahsoka are talking uh, early on and uh, debating, and the convors are literally just like looking; they're reacting to every word. It was it was a <laughs> Disney musical moment, like they were going to break into song or something. Like we can get along, the light side and the dark. It just I was fixated on them all through the second viewing of that episode. Yeah, no, they're pretty great. I think they're that moon is obviously a, it's a dark, dangerous, scary place for our heroes. But there's this little touch of like it's nature. There's good things here yeah. too, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was one of the moments that uh, I almost wrote it down as action, but I enjoyed it more as uh, comedy when the um the I think uh, convery uh, plural yeah. uh they're kind of just bouncing around like little little Disney characters having fun, and that predator tries to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Grab its tail and drop it from the tree. Another drop from a high place, but a, a funny one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It was like a Trandosian monkey or something like that. It looked, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely great. Um, early on, uh, when Ahsoka has arrived there uh, and the powder, the younglings are filling her in on the absolute horror of their situation. Mm-hmm. And then Jinx says, chew on that, Padawan. <laughs> it just cracked me up. Of like, yeah, situation's really crappy. Chew on that, Padawan. Yeah, uh, love that. I think we also have an alert from a, a great new punk band called the Blasted Jedi Whelps. I love that. <laughs> a lot of Blasted Jedi Whelps is great. Jedi Whelps. A lot of that throughout the episode, and uh, I was there for it. Yeah, uh, we talked about it at the very top, but uh, my favorite moment of whimsy and weirdness is definitely the Trandoshan hooting. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's so primal. It's so great. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one final one for me. It is it is violence. It is a death. But the last Trandoshan who is shot... There's this really comical beat of like, I think Chewie moved something. I can't remember. I can't remember. There's his cover is blown and there's just this pause and a look and he's just kind of like, uh, and then he gets shot <laughs> from a distance. And it just was this really awkwardly violent beat of like, is this go? Oh, yep. There it goes. I'm dead. It, it, no, this was, this was one of the ones I wanted to share too, because it is action, but it's, it's, uh, Omer. It's the, the youngling yeah. shifting the pod with the force Aaron, and no. that Transocean is still, is still hunkered down like, like they've got cover. And he says, what? <laughs> and then just gets shot immediately before you can even process what has happened to him. <laughs> so there you go. Ken loves good violence comedy. Yeah, it was some great violence comedy and some just inventive action of different ways to use the force of like, did you think you had cover? No, you don't. Um, a couple more for me. Um, there is a, a line from Garnak, the Trandoshan leader, <laughs> who says, so now the younglings are organized, bold, and they've got a Wookiee. Yes. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yes. It, it, it's, uh, it's funny uh, just because, I don't know, the, the way that Wookiee is like really this like, oh, no, for everyone in the galaxy. Yeah. It's like, you really cannot mess with them. Um, but also like, he's whining because the the 
hunted prey might be able to fight back a little bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, very funny for me. And then there's a, a rare moment of just kind of some straight up uh, physical comedy when they're going back to the ship uh, to salvage part parts. Uh, Chewie just slips and falls on his Wookiee butt. Yes, he does, doesn't he now? Yes. Yep. <laughs> it's just, it's very realistic. And it's almost felt like to me, I mean, so I was like, that's really funny. It's really interesting. It's almost like, well, you, I guess you could do that in live action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it really uh, felt appropriate for this. Uh, final thing, actually, I love that in the credits, it's, uh, there's this nice message of Chewbacca as himself, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a tradition in Star Wars credits. Uh, Jabba being credited as himself in Phantom Menace. Um, and then it says special thanks to Peter Mayhew for being the heart and soul of Chewbacca. Yeah. It's great to see that and great to just kind of have this reminder of like, yeah, for when this was being made by the team that was making it, that was really special and cool that they were playing with Chewbacca. Absolutely, indeed. All right, let's move on to canon lore connections to other stories because there's kind of uh, a lot going on. Um, just in Felucia. Uh, it was fun to see some actual Felucians, uh, mm-hmm. those those little uh, people. Yeah. Uh, and Anakin talked to them and probably, probably not, <laughs> but wondering, like, do any of those Felucians know Anakin from that episode, Bounty Hunters, where he trained them to fight? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I assume they did. Uh, Annie's back. Annie's back. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to take a moment to just kind of talk about Trandoshan culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um We've uh, we spent some time with Bosk in the Clone Wars already. Bosk isn't here; he's off a uh, bounty hunting. Uh, but we got this uh, this forest moon of Trandosha with islands that they use to hunt. It's part of their culture. Uh, we got the great uh, throne room on the hunting lodge ship uh, with the Wampa throne. All sorts of different trophy heads. I did not write them all down. I do like there's a Gungan. Uh, but what what was your reaction to just kind of seeing this these bits of Trandosian culture? It's yeah, you yeah, you want to speak on it carefully, right? I mean, this is this is what the, they got, is <laughs> what's been passed down. But it uh, it's definitely it's it's really in your face. The Wookiee uh, heads with that with the eyes removed and everything were were kind of disturbing in their own way. Terrifying, so, yeah, especially uh, with the ongoing feud. And so, well, some of it is fun references to Wampa Cherry Gungan, like you said. I, I mentioned the Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull reference. I'm always up for that. So, um, but yeah, it's. Um, that's why I mentioned like the skier thing uh, from High Republic, and just I, I'm I I have I have some sympathy and for anyone who might try to grow or emerge from that, and and what that means for Bosk, and and now you might have been on a path, and there was uh, it's tough to move back from that. The, it, the Trend Oceans, beyond just being a, a a cool character in Empire Strikes Back, uh, it it, uh, it it begs maybe a deeper look, and I'd love to see it explored somehow, some way. If you get like how we're, we get a little bit more with the Tuscan Raiders and Mando, I'm not saying that I need complete justice for this violent uh, <laughs> culture, but you know, like uh, I'm fascinated by that. It's not just something that's in the background. Yeah, absolutely, and I really like that. Um, there's a story in the uh, certain point of view Empire Strikes Back book mm-hmm. uh, about Bosk that kind of gets into what's expected of him um, totally. in the Trandoshan culture, and I really like that one mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. yeah, because he was supposed to eat all of uh, his siblings, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so great, over the top. Uh, you mentioned it the uh, the Trandoshan skiffs, or uh, technically MSP eighty Teratopter Hoverpod. <laughs> uh, being based on that uh, G.I. Joe Cobra Thought Bubble Flight Pod. That's yeah. very, very cool. So I, I know that that is the actual inspiration 
But when I saw them, they made me think of that mini rig that Kenner put out, the uh, Cap 2 Captivator. Uh, and the reason I thought about it is because in all the pictures of it, it's got Bosk is the, uh, the sample person who would fly this around. And it, and it has a couple of those little arms hooking out in it. It, it yeah. has a similar vibe. I, 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 I think they could, could easily have drawn from, from all sources there. And I would have, oh, as much as I love the reference to um, a Cobra vehicle there, I, I would have loved just seeing it be straight up uh, that mini rig. It would have been <laughs> equally as uh, fun for me. Straight up mini rig. Uh, let's talk about Chewbacca. And in particular, yeah. what I want to talk about here, Ken, mm-hmm. is there is a ton of just straight up uh, John Williams Star Wars music in this uh, Kevin Kiner scored uh, episodes. Really but Chewbacca, he gets the full force theme intro. How do you feel about that? I I I I two I had two distinct thoughts. Number one, yeah, right on, Chewie. You you do kind of represent so many things in the light light side. Uh, you you absolutely uh, deserve uh, your place there. You've been this great support system for so many characters. You're there. You so you you deserve that spotlight. And the other one was like, yeah, you know, I still would like a Chewbacca theme. <laughs> uh, you know, John, I think you've done your time. I get it, but come on, what are you doing? Just touring the Hollywood Bowl, making people happy. Give us a Chewy theme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, John Williams. Yeah, Chewy deserves his own theme. It was powerful. It worked well. Um, and I think for me, it encouraged me to be like, yeah, no, I kind of know it is the Force theme, but uh, it is. Uh, you know, you can think about it as the uh, the song of destiny or the song of light, right? Yes. Um, and it's interesting then that you know. Chewie and Bail Organa can shake hands on both having a little Force theme intro. So there's precedent in Star Wars for it being the like, uh, the hero of old is is back. Yeah, and hope, right? Just hope. Yeah. Connect into that feeling. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so it, was a, it was a great reveal uh, for Chewie. I love that. Did you have, back in the day when you first watched this, did you have any, ugh, they're, they're going back to the classics too much? Yeah, I was no, uh, but I was I was trying to think about that. I was trying to think specifically. This they use him really well, and Chewie is such just one of those characters, and it was real novel at the time, right? Like, um, twenty eleven, we're in that post Revenge of the Sith world, and you know, even Chewie being in Revenge of the Sith, some people had some uh, hot takes on. Oh yeah, knowing Yoda, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, and yeah, and there again too, we definitely at some point, Han has said, "There's no Jedi," and Chewie just said, "There's nothing I can do." change his mind whatever um and i'm okay <laughs> you know this little green guy yeah yeah but i'm okay i like those kind of headcanon conversations i like that han might have seen some of the truth in front of him and it took an entire lifetime to accept it or, or, or a lot of his life i'm okay with that and so therefore i, I really do love chewie's inclusion here um uh it, it is there's maybe other characters popping back in in a lot of different star wars shows that i think um had more uh you know, just resonated a little deeper with me than this one, but I just love Chewie so much and it wasn't completely random. And also got us uh, uh Tarful. Like, uh, I, I'm, uh, and, and, and then we learned that um, Kashyyyk is, is close to this planet. I mean, there's a lot of little details and it was a good use of it. Cause at the time, again, with this, this was it, so to speak, right? Like you, as a fan, you thought, cool, this might be the last time I see Chewie unless they use him again. So, right. And right. There's, and there's yeah. power to that. There's power to it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, like, um, I, I, I kind of like that Bosk wasn't in this episode because it seems like, you know, something different is going on with this group of, uh, of Trandosians. Not that Bosk wouldn't do this, but he's, we know what he's doing. He's out bounty hunting, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. He's uh, a little separated from this culture right now doing his own thing. Uh, so I kind of like that Bosk isn't there, but I really like picking up on that thread of the, 
Trandoshan uh, Wookiee conflict. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's there is a real power to Chewie coming back, not just because it's like, oh, I know him from before, right? And that's that's mm-hmm. the criticism, right? Of overplaying the nostalgia notes of right. you're supposed to be happy just because you saw something that you recognize. And for me, that is the test of like, does it go beyond that? And it absolutely does. Here's, you know, this character we care about, Ahsoka, in this horrific situation with these younglings. They they've already paid the price of having one of them die because they're having some more hope and they're fighting yeah. back. And they need this boost, you know? Yeah. And Chewbacca is it because of the spirit of the character we know. And also just like everything in Star Wars from the first film is like, you do not mess with the Wookiee. (laughs) And it gives you, I remember feeling like, all right, well, now they can kick some Trandoshan lizard butt (laughs) because Chewie's here, you know? And it it has, it's uh, Chewie is here and a Wookiee is here. So it has like actual... Yeah. Uh, uh, stakes and meaning beyond just I recognize that. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it does. It, it, to, to represent hope, to represent some sort of comfort, uh, and represent uh, safety. I, I, there, and in terms of just simple pro wrestling, it's the hot tag where the hero comes in to save the day <laughs> and help at the end of the match. And I, I love that too. Hot tag and chewy. Uh, yeah. the, the, before you taught me that term, I would be disturbed <laughs> to find out what it meant. But now I'm happy to know that Chewy got hot tag. Hot tagged into the match. A lot of cheering. A lot of, oh, here comes Chewy. And he's got that uppercut. <laughs> he's got that uppercut. He will throw you all the way out of the ring. Uh, this is one that uh, on the behind the scenes featurette for the second episode that uh, Filoni discussed. But I was uh, thrilled to, to see it of the bounty hunters from that episode. Bounty Hunters on Felucia, uh, Suji and Serapis, uh, now no longer in his armor, are the ones that the Wookiees have hired to bring them uh, to Waska uh, in their ship Halo. Were you happy to see those characters again? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then had not really thought of, uh, over the last decade or so, of the reason they, they felt they needed to have some characters in there, and they chose wisely. Uh, but I loved hearing Filoni say, yeah, we had this great idea to bring the Wookiees in. Then we realized, well, how do they get off planet we know they do but do their wood ships have hyperdrives like <laughs> and even george they they had to go to george hey man what do you think and, and weighing in on them needing to hire uh hire a, a space cab to get them there i i really love that detail i really love it and that's what we as star wars fans appreciate and and those are the questions we ask ourselves and um and i think it worked and to, to use that opportunity to bring in uh, uh, uh these two characters uh Sugi, uh uh, uh, specifically, uh, I really enjoy. So a good win for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is more of that real, like, uh, anthropological, uh, study of star Wars that Lucas really likes and clearly teaches of like, you look at revenge of the Sith and, uh, it, it is, it's all, it's all wood. It's all insect. Uh, it's mm. incredibly, uh, hard names to try to memorize of their ships. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Overar jet catamaran and the Radon Nasp fluttercraft mm-hmm. just rolls off the tongue. Super easy to say and memorize. Yeah. Uh, but that was, yeah, that was a cool rationale and very, very cool, uh, to see Suji and Serapis. And I did some digging on this because, yeah. um, I really like the ship Halo, uh, and for me, it's it it's got some similarities to the Razor Crest, and I'm curious to see if anybody has like uh, yeah. if any anyone in Lucasfilm has has said yeah sure they're yeah they're related. Yeah. Uh, I did not find any evidence of that on Wikipedia yet. I think partially because some of that Mandalorian stuff is being like let's leave room to dream and not lock everything down yet. Yeah. Um, but looking up on Wikipedia, Halo is an SS fifty four assault ship. 
while the Razorcrest is an ST-70 assault ship. So eh, mm. there's some model similarities. Okay. I like that. Good I'm going to cling to that. Cling it. <laughs> cling. Cling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, final thing for me in the canon lore connections, uh, did verify this is the first appearance of the convory, plural, or the convor, uh, sig- singular. So mm-hmm. cool to see, even though it isn't, uh, you know, the one right. uh, that uh, that becomes uh, attached to Ahsoka and, and possibly represents the daughter, uh, but there's still the first time we see them associated with Ahsoka. It, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, and that, yeah. I was uh, at that thought, you know, I remember at one point it being tracked and being pretty clear. So uh, uh, good note uh, that it starts here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and moving on then to uh, was there anything that you disliked or questioned in this episode? I think the only thing I disliked or questioned was in within the story. Again, I, I'm looking at the reasons why these Jedi younglings were left there. I want to know some answers, Jedi. I want some reports. I want the context and uh, maybe I'll feel better about it at the end of the day, Jedi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's always a thing to say, ooh, could, could we have had a little more storytelling around the edges is always yeah, the thing uh, that I end up uh, uh, reaching for. But yeah. no, I, for me, I, I just I really like these episodes. I also kind of like that it's two episodes. It doesn't, you know, um, overstay its welcome. It's compact. And it gets it, it's thrilling and it gets a lot across about uh, yeah. the big picture as well as just being really interesting, really different episodes of The Clone Wars. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and that was the other thing, too, of just like starting to watch these episodes and just having a natural, like, Oh, this is less Epic. We just Citadel and Mortis and, and, and they're so different. They're so unique. Uh, and, uh, that's part of what the clone wars is about the series, the show. And you're so right by this, the, the, the season one and two of the fan years, even Filoni himself is what he kind of refers to those years with he and Gilroy just, uh, you know, geeking out that they get to do a star war. Like now, the show really knows what it wants to do. It has a lot of confidence and these episode are episodes are tremendously confident. Yeah, absolutely. But not cocky. Uh, is there, <laughs> not cocky with humility. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything that we uh, haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? Uh, just, you know, that Felucia is a wonderfully weird Star Wars planet, and I'd love to spend time there. Anytime, going back to playing it in some of the, uh, okay, was it Battlefront 2, the original Battlefront 2? I think you, make, you get a Felucia map, I think. Uh, it's the first time I really just love roaming around this weird, giant, Supersized glowing plant world. Uh, it, it's pretty fascinating and pretty, pretty fun. And it's just part of the what the prequels bring to Star Wars. Just going all over the place. We you got a a planet with giant plants and bugs and who knows what's on there and a lot of key things, uh, good and bad. That the death of Ala Sakura, of course, pops to mind. I just love spending time there, and this was a, a, a was short, but but uh, enjoyed seeing it. Absolutely. I think Felucia will always kind of have a special place in my heart because, you know, growing up, uh, the planets were different uh, weather environments, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that expands a lot in the prequels with, you know, Coruscant being a city planet. And especially by the time we get to in Naboo having lots of different uh, environments. Yeah. Uh, but by the time we get to Revenge of the Sith and a bunch of different planets are needed and we get a sinkhole planet and we get Catonimodia with all their bridge cities, uh, there's a great amount of expansion, but in my mind, Felucia is the first, like, uh, I think we're out of weather environments. So this planet is giant plants. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. No, absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful Felucia where lots of difficult things happen. All right, Ken, if you could have a figure of any character from this episode or any toy inspired by this episode, what do you want? 
So figure-wise, I mentioned it. I do want uppercut action Chewy, like one of those old He-Man figures. Uh, just wind him up and uh, boom. Uh, or even one of those old kind of early 90s wrestling figures since we we're talking wrestling. I would like uh, wind him up, punch him Chewy uh, as my choice of toy. But I do have a choice of uh, just kind of overall memorabilia. But uh, do you want to buy my Chewy figure? Oh, yeah, for sure. Two. Well, one to take out and one to keep in the package for sure. <laughs> the memorabilia I want. You might not follow me on this path, Joseph, because uh, <laughs> uh, it's disturbing because I love these little cute little uh, little creatures. Uh, uh, Convor, woo, cute, adorable, love it. Uh, purposeful, perhaps, even in the story. I would like some Convor uh, E peeps because I'm a fan of peeps around Easter. <laughs> Can we do that? Is that wrong? Are peeps themselves wrong? Hot hot takes on that, too. Uh, but I enjoy peeps and I enjoy Convor, so uh, you know, I'd like to, like to celebrate Easter by eating them. Uh, Easter comes around and Ken eats more. Eh? That's I think that's I think that's great. I think that's lovely. I think they'd sell like uh, like hotcakes. <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, for figures, uh, you know, I would love a uh, a throne room playset uh, with the uh, the Wampa Throne, mm. all those disturbing heads that comes with a Garnack and an Ahsoka. Uh, you know, some little like the the playsets used to have like little things to emulate. Like if you could put Garnack on a little peg and then hit a button and he goes flying out of the yes. throne room playset. Yes. That's great. Uh, basically, all of the toys that I want involve throwing Trandosians because the more conceptual game I'd like is if uh, there's like a game called Trandosian Toss and you had like a hoop and then you had like some Trandosians and then you could put on like a Wookiee glove so you could pretend you're a Wookiee and you just, you just throw Trandosians all day. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, love it. Love it. Our, our, uh, our figures and our yeah. merch is all... All a little edgy today. Edgy, edgy. edgy. Well, can, can you play the Trandosian game in like the backyard? Can we make a lawn dart sized version? Oh yeah, this oh, is okay. this is the family gathers around the Fourth gotcha. of July. Oh, throws Trandosians. Love it. Love it. <laughs> it's very. It brings people together. Anyway, uh, next up, we are moving into season four of the Clone Wars. We are into uh, the Water War. The first episode uh, is Water Wars. Uh, season four, episode two, Gungan Attack. Season four, episode three, Prisoners. Really looking forward to diving into those. Ken, what do you think the moral of this episode of our podcast should be? Well, first of all, we're coming up on some challenges for old Kenny in the Clone Wars. So, oh yeah, ready. we'll see where I'm, I, this is. I cannot wait. I have not touched those episodes yet. I cannot wait for old uh, what's his name, Riff Tamson. Riff Tamson is knocking on your door. He That's is. right, he is. So get ready for that. Uh, the moral of this episode, uh, a moral of our podcast, for this episode should be: uh, you know, when you are overwhelmed by the amounts of content you must produce, lean on who you are as a Star Wars pundit, and it will get you through. Oh, that is really, really great. Uh, I, I understand what you're saying, and it's a very healthy and a happy moral. Uh, so on that note, uh, do you want to let people know where they can find us? Absolutely. We are the Force Center Podcast on the Force Center Podcast feed. You can be, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. You can also find us on Instagram and YouTube. And we are on Facebook at uh, Force Center Podcast. Like us there. You can get an audiobook on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. And you can also uh, get merch. Uh, we uh, Someone uh, just picked up a Speculate Responsibly t-shirt the other day. You can do that by going to tpublic.com slash user slash 
4Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash 4Center. That'll get you into our Discord for a daily conversation with a wonderful celebratory group of Star Wars fans. Uh, you can follow us, uh, uh, listen to us on many podcast forums. Um, I was listening to uh, 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 Grace, my fiance, complaining about Apple Podcasts the other day. That is still the most popular one, but rife with problems right now with some updates I've been trying to put in. So if you're feeling frustrated by uh, that old method, we are on all spots, including Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and more. Uh, you can um, uh, follow me at Catnapsock or go to my website, Catnapsock com for more information. I am in uh, New York doing comedy uh, as we speak, pre-taped episode, but coming up soon, I got dates in San Francisco and Washington, D.C. Joseph, what about you? Excellent. All exciting stuff. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com for all my other comedy adventures, uh, comedy albums, uh, my other podcast obsessed, all kinds of stuff there on josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Uppercut Chewbacca, this has been the Clone Wars Report. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.